this is party at the all points and it's been kind of difficult to get the motivation to do this podcast with everything that's been going on down south um i just want to say party at the all points does not support police brutality in any form and we are very much for black lives matters um it's we're trying to be an entertaining podcast for everyone a little bit of an escape and just kind of forget an hour of your day at least so hopefully we can uh, keep things positive through the episode but we did want to mention our stance and i'm pretty sure my co-hosts are in the same boat i certainly am so yeah for sure and i mean honestly if you have a problem with that then you know get fucked uh, we don't want you listening anyways. You are listening to Party at the All Points, a journey through the competitive realms of Age of Sigmar. And now your hosts, Dayton Obrey, Jeffrey Bodine, and Price Van Welcome to Party at the All Points, episode seven. I am your one of your hosts, Dayton Obrey, and with me tonight, I got... Jeff Bodine. And Price Vandenberg. Uh, if it sounds a little weird, Jeff has been kicked out of his house, and he's now living in his car. <laughs> this is true. Man. Almost a complete homeless person. It's nice. <laughs> in this episode... The, uh... Oh, sorry. I was just going to say he's the Hobo Age of Sigmar champion. <laughs> well, he should be able to hit all the tournaments. He'll just be driving around. Yeah, until I run out of gas, right? <laughs> I'm sure. Just uh, just convert your tournament winnings into gas money. Just uh, just keep self-funding in that, that mass- manner. Uh, episode 7, we're going to be talking about uh, Megakin. Uh, we've all come up with some list ideas. This episode is uh, going back on to what we were originally going into. This will not be anything like episode six with Rage of Sigmar because, God, the only people that can do Rage of Sigmar are the Rage of Sigmar crew. But uh, thanks for sticking with us. Uh, Sorry if we're going to lose a couple of you because we're not Rage of Sigmar, but this is who we are. And thanks for sticking around. First thing to start with, uh, what do we got for hobby? Jeff, what have you been doing, man? Um, I have been... Uh, really, I, I've been refocused on my uh, Zinch disciples, and I've rewritten the list a couple of times. Um, I'm now I, I now have a big unit of of flamers and a herald on a burning chariot, uh, and I have completely segued away from the uh, from the realm artifacts. And now I've got uh, the Aura of Mutability on that guy, and it gives plus one to wound. And man, does that make a huge difference. But uh, I'll cover that more in, in another section. But really, it's been a lot of list theory and then getting the models needed to uh, play, that, play that army that way. And uh, I do have everything that I need now, so I am good to go there. And uh, now it's getting it all primed up and painted uh, in preparation for NashCon. I don't see myself changing this list again, but who knows? I may 
come across something that <laughs> that makes me revisit that. But uh, for now, um, I'm happy where I'm at. You gonna be riding Zeech all the way through the year then? <laughs> Price, what about you? Uh, yeah. So <laughs> I, uh... Jeff, I asked you, are you riding Zeech all the way to the end? <laughs> what? Oh, I'm sorry. I, I something happened here, and I lost my mic. <laughs> just answers the Never question, man. Just can't get a break. So, uh, am I riding Zeech to the end? I mean, I don't know. What's the end? <laughs> this year at least this year uh the end of this year um you know when we're know, fighting man, off aliens and right. everything else i'm gonna i'm gonna ride them until uh something major changes you know like stormcast has always been kind of my first love but uh they were too irritating so i wanted something that was just a little bit more competitive and wasn't I felt like holding me back so much. Um, so until that changes, uh, I'll, I'll stick with Zinch. They're really good. I'm getting better at using them. So I, I don't see myself changing, but uh, you know, I'm a, <laughs> the winds of change are ever blow. So uh, if something comes along that makes it to where, you know, it, I can, go back to Stormcast viably, then yeah, probably would. For yourself, Bryce? Uh, so I just ordered a Dreadlord on Black Dragon, uh, which should be here hopefully maybe tomorrow or Wednesday. Uh, I put together some Dracoth riders. Um, I haven't put together the actual riders, but I put together the Dracoths. Uh, like the old school ones? Like the... I'm thinking of like the old Lizard guys. Yeah, no, these are the Stormcast uh, <laughs> cavalry guys. Oh, thank God. Um, I put together some of those guys. Uh, what else have I been doing? Um, I finished getting my Hurricaneum ready for priming, which as soon as the weather in Memphis allows, I'm going to start doing some priming on that. Uh, so I can really, because the one thing I don't know what I'm going to do with this army right now is a paint scheme. I haven't even remotely considered it. So it's something I need to kind of start playing around with and landing on. Uh, but yeah, so some Dracoths, uh, getting my Hurricaneum ready. Um, and then uh, kind of formalizing what I think will be my list I'm going to practice with until we get to NashCon, which is the first big tournament we'll be going to and I'm very excited for. So, Sweet. So you're running uh, Cities and then yeah. throwing in some Stormcast. Yep. Cities is my it, – it'll take something really special or unique to get me to come off the Cities bandwagon because I just love the book so much. Like I, I could do a whole podcast just about Cities of Sigmar and never run out of content. Let me tell you this. There's some elves coming, and they have cows on their heads. They do. Uh, they're pretty dope. So. <laughs> I really like oh. Yeah, the, he's super cool. Yeah, the sword guy, he's just awesome. Yeah, good yeah. rules, good model, all, all kinds yeah. of cool stuff. Their cavalry look really cool, too. Just something special, man. That's just a work of art. Yeah. GW did a really, a really cool job, the, particularly the way they sculpted him. So, yeah, um, awesome. What about you, ma'am? What you been up to? Yeah, so uh, I put some prime, did some zenithal highlighting on some terrain, zombie dragon, and some warcry models. So I can start, at least that's one more hurdle that's not in my way, so I can start putting some paint on them. Still working on my display board quite a bit, uh, trying to get that going, taking my time with it. There's a lot of stages, like once you do one thing, you got to wait for it to dry for like a day kind of thing. So 
that's been pretty slow going, but it's, yeah, it's been interesting. And then uh, it looks like I procured myself. Uh, I got a buddy that's not doing so well. He had, a, he had an unexpected fund come up. So he's selling a bunch of his uh, inbox armies and he had inbox daughters of Cain and he gave it to me for a pretty good deal. So I picked up pretty much everything I need for an army. So it looks like I might be painting up some daughters of Cain here at some point because they're cool. But now I've been kind of perusing around paint themes and uh, where to go with that. So got to get my skin going. It's a really cool army. Like I, when, when people take the time and paint it well, I think it's a, probably one of my favorite visual armies still. Yeah, there's a lot of spindly bits on all those sisters and everything too, especially yeah. if you're going to go uh, slaughter with the whips. Have you, yeah, I'm sure you've read up on the nightmare that is their hair and painting them, right? Yeah, I did that Corpus Cabal army uh oh speaking of which you guys got one more week left to enter the contest for the painted corvus cabal army either done by myself or if you choose the other one the other one was the the army that i won through uh tabletop charities down in uh adapticon so you get the choice of either the one i painted or that one and then uh yeah i'll be raffling that off june 14th so all you gotta do is uh subscribe to the podcast follow the podcast i mean uh, make a comment on the post and at someone. I think we got about 20 people so far. So that's been, uh, it's been pretty good. I think that's kind of gotten us a little bit more ground in England. I think is how that started. But uh, to go back to that hair comment, yeah, the Corvus Cabal got a lot of hair and I feel like the contrast paints do really well with hair. So it's not actually the hair that's a pain in the ass to paint. The hair is a separate bit on the daughters. Um, so their crown, their head sits there and then the hair is a separate piece. And the issue that you'll run into, is, depending on what you want to do, is you cannot access their back flesh if you put the hair on first. Oh. Uh, okay. it, it's a, it, I really suggest when you get the models, like dry fit a couple of them, because if not, you will have a, you'll be very frustrated because there's going to be a section of the back that you just, because the way the hair sits on it, it's impossible to get to. Huh. Cool. I'm looking forward to that since I got like 50 of them to paint. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah that's, so, uh, Jeff, I heard you got some games in. I did. I did. I've been, uh, I had been needing to try and get some reps in against OBR just to kind of learn their mechanics a little bit. And <clears throat> for my purposes here, in these matchups uh, to kind of get a feel for my damage output against their capabilities. Um, and so I've had two games against a local fellow here who is running OBR and in his defense, um, he had taken a bit of a hiatus from the game. So his, our first match back, he, you know, was pretty rusty and the second one was a little bit better of a showing, but um you know, I mean, he's still very inexperienced with the army. So, and there's a lot of refinements that he needs to make. But um, no, it was good. It was interesting. OBR obviously uh, has all the tools needed to just be absolutely insane. Um, and flamers do an atomic shitload of damage. Surprise, surprise. Uh, no, no shocker there. Um, for me, the, the recipe for defeating them is obviously going to come from shooting. Um, I don't have a prayer in hell of beating them in melee, obviously. And uh, they have a lot of tricks that are going to make it really hard to beat them at all. So 
Um, yeah, I mean, it's some good, interesting reps. Um, and the more reps he gets, the better the quality of the matchup will be. And we'll be able to see more and more about what can actually do what. But, uh, yeah, so I've had two matchups with OBR lately. And one with um, some blades of corn, but that person was also hadn't played in a long time so it was it was interesting to see the damage output and you know how much it takes to do something but uh um yeah so i mean there's a lot of refinements needed to be made there uh, what, was his, uh, what was his blades of corn army his blades of corn army had three bloodthirsters um and some assorted infantry two uh two of the priests uh a guy with a banner he didn't really know the units and I had never faced them before. So um, I can't, I apologize for not being able to remember their names, but um, uh, the list was given to him by somebody else who was really good at the game. So it was a recommended list. So it probably. It was my mirrors, list. I, I wrote the list for him. Okay. Well, there you go. It, it mirrors <laughs> probably something that is meta potent and it was just, um, you know, not used to his full potential because he, he was not, you know, experienced with it, it uh, it's a council of blood uh corn list i'll interject because i wrote the list um so it's a council of blood list which for our listeners who may not be aware is a four bloodthirster list uh or three i'm sorry uh yeah, one of each variety basically though there's some tinkering around depending on what specific buffs you want to use the the concern with it is it's definitely all about combat trickery uh knowing when to pile in how to use three-inch reach over screens to trigger the Council of Blood ability. It's very much so a an army that you need to practice quite a bit with to get to a point where you can get good results out of it. Um, so, yeah, I think it's one of those things where maybe if Austin, who does listen to our podcast, uh, yeah, thanks, Austin. Austin Casey, um, my, my – uh, my buddy who was very, uh, very gracious to, to yeah. take the match. I think once uh, once Austin gets some more games in with it under his belt and he starts to – because Austin's naturally picks up the mechanics of the game really quick. It's just that corn list is a really tough list to to master. Yeah. And so it's just going to take him some games to get used to yeah, it. Yeah, it's for a more experienced player who um, – yeah, it's like Price has described a list like that in the past as being big brain. Um, it, and it I think that's, that's true. It's not a – ruthless auto win kind of list that's super easy and you just push the button and go you know you really have to think things through pretty thoroughly so even though it's corn and it makes you think oh yeah just go and rip his asshole right uh uh-uh, it doesn't work like that so yeah, corn's, uh, yeah, not, corn's not been kind of one of those fringe ones though right like they're a fringe army that do actually win some games yeah they can. they can they can definitely win but it's very very much so a matter of uh, I will make the argument, as Bodine said, that talking about big brain, like I, I think that Blades of Corn is probably one of the the biggest brain, if you will, armies in Age of Sigmar right now because it's such an overlapping, synergy-driven book, and the Blood Tithe is such a potent ability. And granted, this is the Maggotkin show, so I apologize, Maggotkin fans. This isn't what you tuned in for. Uh, it's chaos. Uh, yeah. But uh, <laughs> we're talking about Zinch and Corn. <laughs> uh, we'll get the Maggotkin here in a few minutes and discuss that in depth, but. The, the blood tie system especially is really powerful, but you have to super know how to use it to get the most out of it. Yeah, I mean, and it's just like they're playing the game with only 
only some of the tools in the chest, you know what I mean? Like they don't have any significant source of shooting and obviously no magic. Like obviously the prayers, the priest prayers do things, but uh, it, it, so far what I saw was that it was kind of centered around um, dinking little mortal wounds here and there or um, suppressing magic. Yeah. So. That but, D6 mortal wounds is nothing to shy at though. Those blood priests are awesome. That yeah, that's a very good uh, slaughter priest in general. Are really slaughter good. Slaughter priest, yeah. Yep. All right, but uh, this is the Magikin episode, so so we're not going to talk about eighteen blood priests. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So I've gotten a couple of games in lately. I've been able to get in there with my mask and um, you know stay safe and try and get some games in and you know forget about the world for a little bit. <laughs> so. Price. I know you've been super busy, but uh, you managed to get anything going? Uh, just some hobby stuff. We are in the process of moving houses right now. As I said in the last episode, it's a bit of a slow process because of circumstances. Um, but hopefully, I, I'm actually going to try and maybe go up uh, Saturday or Sunday of this week, maybe Sunday, to get a game in at the shop, depending on what I can find. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I, I'm going to try and get up and, and at least get a game in or two. Um and then see how things go. Uh, Cause I do want to get some practice with my NashCon list. Um, especially because Jeff, uh, just uh, everybody else can hear this too. Do remember NashCon has the double list format. So think yeah. about that in your construction. So, uh, so I need to have some minor difference. You right. know what? Apparently it was okay to just swap out a freaking relic. Yep. Yeah. You could do as little, and that's basically yeah. all I did in my list. I swapped I don't out know my host. I do that because my relic is so good. But. Yeah. I mean, you can just swap out something small. You'll you'll find yeah. something, I'm sure. Yeah, but anyway, that is that is not relevant to what we're discussing tonight, folks. Sorry, this is not a Rage of Sigmar podcast. We're going to try and stay on task. <laughs> <laughs> no offense to them, of course. It will not be three hours. So they'll sure. be all right. Even if they're offended, I'm pretty sure Jacob and Joe will be A-OK. Oh, well. Yeah, they don't need us. <laughs> uh, myself, uh, I've been trying to line up with some TTS games with uh, Price. But uh, things have been super busy, so I had to convince my wife to play me at Warcry. So I got a couple games of those in. I can't stress enough, Warcry is the fastest pickup game ever. Like for GW products, it is in, you're out. Like it's so much fun. And uh, like the, the scenarios and everything are just kind of pre-generated through card base. You don't have to worry about it. It tells you where to set terrain, what you're fighting over. All you got to do is just pick an army and divide them into three and go from there uh, my wife super enjoys it so that's great gets me a little gw in and then uh obviously motivation for painting uh all the warbands to give us more options to play in but uh hurting for major sigmar it's been march i want to say is the last time i played now so long yeah. time yeah it's, it's been brutal and i was rusty to start with and i'm gonna be rustier now but i believe uh when lvo help happens god i hope it happens uh i will be doing age of sigmar at lvo i think i'm gonna ditch the 40k for the big tournaments where they have both options so yeah i'm excited uh much like you i hope it happens and if it does i'll be there playing playing age of sigmar this year yeah buddy then we get to party they get to see me in the dress or something less whatever (laughs) jeff got to experience it a little bit yeah 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 it was fun (laughs) <laughs> late night late night eats man yeah no no he was a character it's something else 
I it's imagine. Vegas. It brings out the character and everybody in some capacity. Yeah, that place yeah. is great. I fucking love Las Vegas. <laughs> it was. Right. It felt so freaking dirty there, man. Oh man, holy cow! Oh, it's great. It's nice and warm. It's not like cold. Like well, you're Canada. from Canada, so everything's frozen <laughs> there. So, while I was in Vegas, it was minus forty. It got to minus forty in the airport where I left my car. And when I arrived at two in the morning, I had to like flag down a girl that was driving around security to get jumpers to jump my vehicle because it was just not having it. The battery had drained. Oh, like long gone. Minus forty will kill a battery. Real. Yeah, quick. yeah. You gotta have you gotta have a, a real deep CCA to to deal with that, and car batteries don't. So that's cold cranking apps for anyone that doesn't know. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Check out those CCAs on your battery if you live in Canada. All right, uh, we're going to move on to another segment. Uh, we're going to interview Vuk, who's new to Age of Sigmar, and see what his take on on everything is. And he's interested in Megkin, so it's good to see what a new player has to offer. Cool, and we'll be back. Hey, listeners. Okay, we got a guest on, and his name is... Uh, Vuk. How the hell do you say your last name? <laughs> Vuk Georgievich. Oh, there we go. See, I wasn't even going to try that. Uh, Vuk here is on our team, uh, BC Battle Bros, and we're starting a segment we're going to be doing uh, called Are You Sigmar Curious? Vuk, are you Sigmar Curious? I am very Sigmar Curious. <laughs> so what uh, What brought you, like, what's what's the appeal? Like, Because you mostly play 40k. Well, to be fair, like, my first foray into competitive games workshop was 8th edition fantasy oh yeah sweet so, yeah so I started rank and there. file exactly yeah the, like I mean and I was awful at it like I'd be happy to win a game but uh, that was my first sort of like you know uh, drive to actually get models painted and go to go to tournaments um, so obviously when they blew up the old world AOS replaced it so I, I gave that a shot when it first started and it just didn't click. I mean, I think we all kind of weren't really happy with the initial product that, that they put out. Yeah. There's um, a lot of aging confusion for sure. Yeah. And then, and then even at that point, like 40 K wasn't interesting. Cause I think, uh, like sixth and seventh edition were just real, really trash to me. I, I just didn't like, like the way the game played. Um, so I, me and like my local, local group, um, just bounced around from a couple different systems and then ended up uh, jumping on uh, 40k when 8th dropped um, and then at the same time um, you know AOS has picked up steam and um, so I thought you know what like 40k is great but uh, like you said I'm a little Sigmar curious yeah buddy so what the cops aren't paying you enough your audio sounds like shit uh, no they're not <laughs> Uh, if I, yeah. I wouldn't be a firefighter if I wasn't bugging the cop. <laughs> Hopefully your ratings don't drop. I think that's a trigger word nowadays. No, nah, we gave an announcement in the beginning. Police brutality. <laughs> we do not support police no. brutality. No, definitely do not. So. Uh, so yeah. So what are you looking at in the age of Spear, Sigmar? Uh, well, um, Nurgle. Like I mean, I play Death Guard in, in 40k, so I I really love the mortal uh nurgle the the magikin um the putrid blight kings are just i think uh 
the coolest model that they've put out. Well, I mean, there's a reason why I put you on the show on this episode. It's because this whole episode's all about the Mega Cannon Urkel. Coincidence. I shouldn't just start talking about other stuff. No, no, we're good. <laughs> so what appeals? Like, what's uh, what's the big appeal for the Mega Cannon Nurgle then? You know what? Like, uh, just the, like model. I just want to play play what looks cool because I think uh, chasing the meta can get exhausting and like I feel like I'd never get anything done. So I'm just going to stick to the models that are absolutely fantastic that I want to paint, and uh, I've always liked them, and I just kind of stayed away from them. Um, well, previously they didn't even have their own book; they were just part of like the end times, right? So um, now that they've been fleshed out a little bit more and added more models to the range, like how can I say no? Are you going to get like a lotkin? Yeah, yeah. I think that's going to be like my reward once I paint up what I have. Nice. Yeah, that guy's pretty awesome. That's what I say about Age of Sigmar, though, too, as opposed to 40k, is you can play a list that you just like, and you can still get some wins out of it, and honestly, you'll come across a lot more people that are just playing what they want, as opposed to chasing the meta. Yeah, which, I mean, it's always nice, right? You're not gonna... I mean, of course, people still want to win, but it'd be nice to just go to a tournament and just roll dice and have beers. Lots of beers. Lots of beers, yeah. rolling dice. Don't eat dice, but rolling dice. <laughs> Exactly. Like that's just that's like what that's the what the appeal was of uh, fantasy tournaments back in the day. Yeah. Well, that and winning the round or winning the game because you rolled enough magic dice. I mean, if you played with magic. Yeah. Uh, sweet man. So you got uh, any tournaments or something? Once things are starting to pick up, you got lots of opportunities. Uh, um, for Age of Sigmar, not really. Um, I'm hoping. Uh, kind of still waiting to hear about Attack X. That one's kind of up in the air. Um, and then if, if that one is a go and uh, the stars align, I think I would definitely do Age of Sigmar at Attack X this year. Yeah, uh, that's exactly what I'll be doing. If Attack X goes, I won't be doing 40K. I'll be doing Age of Sigmar. But if that happens, man, you got to start painting because that's not that far away. <laughs> you're, you're not wrong, yeah. And uh, I'm getting to the end of my time, I, time off from work here, so I really got to figure my shit out yeah so have you assembled or got all your lists together or are you just um i think I have, a, I have a rough idea like i technically still don't even have everything purchased um because i think i need like 40 or something light kings in the list that i was thinking about playing yeah yep Up, around that um uh, <laughs> so i mean i think i'm about Halfway-ish purchase wise. Yeah, so the list I just I announced on the show that I ran with has forty-five putrid light kings. Oh yeah, perfect. Yeah. But you won't be able to get your Glock in in that list, so. No, no, definitely not. Sweet man, uh, you got you've picked up any painting themes or like how are you gonna paint it? Um, I want to capitalize on like some of the the fluff in there, like the drowned men. Oh, okay. They, uh, that, that they talk about. I kind of want to do like a, not like a like a nautical theme, but uh, like a, basically like, you know, like drowned bodies and like drowned corpses and like more along the lines of like, um, uh, what's the named character there? Oh yeah, the guy with the tentacles. Yeah, yeah, I like bring guys kind there. of. Yeah, exactly. Like kind of like you know these guys that can't come from ships and kind of like 
Viking style pillage, but they're all like, you know, dead from the sea sort of thing. Got rut spume. That guy. Yeah, yeah, he's pretty sweet. So you're gonna oh shit. You gotta do a lot of work with resin then, is what you're planning. Uh well, the base of it the bases are gonna be like a city um I ordered a green stuff world roller. Yep. And uh, I'm gonna do like sort of like uh, cobblestone city. So basically, like they've they've docked at the port, and they're in the city already. Sweet. You could do uh, green, green uh, the green world or whatever has uh, their UV light resin. Yeah, yeah. So you could do water like splashing up and have it like. Yeah, I was gonna. I have the um, the not the clear one, but like the the goo, the green goo version yep. of the UV resin. So I was going to try and get it in between like the cracks of the cobblestone. Yep. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. And then uh, you can get really ambitious and green stuff some particles and shit on them. That's a good call. Yeah. Yeah. Use like a yeah. pen tip or something to indent them. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But anyways, man, that's awesome. Uh, obviously, we're going to check up with you later on as things go on. Hopefully, we get to play together. And as a listener of the show and now you're on it fuck yeah i was wondering what, what, what was taking so long yeah well you're just trying to get everyone on your side to win that war ban for uh war cry it's gonna happen you heard it here first yeah i'll be voting on that in five days we're not voting but uh raffling that off so five days oh yes Can't good wait. luck man yeah thank you sweet all right good talking with you Vic. and like yeah, i said cool. we'll check up again and uh i don't know have fun going to back to work yeah, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Hey, Jeff, you know that angle in your car on your video makes your head look like Easter Island? Just just saying. Well, that's good. That's good. <laughs> it's big enough. Like, you know, I got enough fat around it. You're a big boy. You're a big boy. Lots yeah. to hug. Lots of hugs. Yeah. Lots to launch out of a catapult into a wall. Nice. <laughs> catapult or trebuchet? Which would you prefer? Trebuchet. Uh, which, and one quick. More, which one will have more hitting power? Trebuchet for sure. I'm going to go with a trebuchet, so yeah, a trebuchet. Yeah. Was it the French? Was the French invented yeah, that? The one? French invented the trebuchet. Hey, welcome back to Party at the All Points. That was a nice little, uh, hopefully going to be a new segment. We'll check back on Vuk later on down the episodes to see how he's doing, if he's uh, evolved his list at all, or if he's jumping into tournaments. And he's yeah. down the lower mainland, so Canadian he's going to be like a pet to see if we can keep him alive. <laughs> uh, we'll go back into our main episode, which is going to be discussing Megakin. Uh, obviously, as you've heard before in our previous episodes, we've each brought a different list to the table just to uh, compare and go off each other and kind of give examples to people that want to. Uh, jump into Megakin, maybe give them a fresh start, or if they're curious into it, uh, something to kind of grasp curious. onto. But, uh, sorry? I said, he said maggot curious, and I laughed and said ba <laughs> Don't, Ew, don't, get, don't give him that. Don't give him that. If my dad was listening to this, I'm sure he would laugh too, Jeff. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Middle-aged men out there with nothing left to live for. <laughs> You know him so well. Yeah, uh, I am. <laughs> Price, you want to give us a rundown on what Mega can uh, bring to the table just with their initial rules? Yeah, so 
a quick overview of Maggot Ken as an army. Uh, for those of you who haven't looked at them or aren't aware of them, you have a couple of key abilities. You have your uh, Plague Wheel. Uh, I forget what the actual name of the Allegiance ability is, so I apologize. But basically, you have a, a big wheel, and it starts at one place at the start of the game and will rotate every turn. You have some abilities to manipulate that, which are going to, to help you out, and you can kind of pick and target which ones of those that you uh, that you want for a given turn. It's not always guaranteed, but it's there. You also get to set up a uh, Feculent Gnarl Maw at the start of the game, um, and you can summon more of them because Nurgle, much like the rest of the Chaos Armies, does have the ability to summon. Um, just the quick interruption. The, yeah. the Feculent Gnarl Maw is that tree thing. Yeah, if you are not aware, it's the funky Nurgle tree. Um, yeah. it comes in a set of three, I believe. Uh, it, I'm not sure about no, that. No, they come with by themselves. You get one, oh, okay. and then uh, your allegiance, you're allowed to bring one to the table. It's your right. battle you faction can, terrain. You can summon more of them uh, as yeah. the game goes on. Uh, and then, of course, you're going to have uh, your standard, all your standard allegiance abilities, spells, artifacts, command traits, those type things. Uh, and finally, I'm going to add an addendum for those of you listening who may not be familiar with it. Wrath of the Everchosen is a book that came out fairly recently. It does bring a couple of new abilities, like sub-faction style abilities, to Maggotkin, uh, which Maggotkin currently don't have. So if you're more familiar with certain Age of Sigmar books that have sub-factions like temples or cults or cities, uh, Maggotkin don't have that innately, but they do have access to it in Wrath of the Everchosen. Uh, so that is, there's a, some additional um, allegiance abilities tucked in there as well. And the uh, the wheel that uh, Price was talking about is called the Cycle of Corruption. That's it, yep. And there's seven different options on that wheel. So every turn, it's going to advance one. And basically, in the start of the turn, when you play, you're going to roll a D6, and that's the cycle you're going to start on. And there are things that manipulate that, as Price mentioned before. But the biggest ones you want to stick around is one and two, which is one is your unnatural uh, vitality, which adds two inches of movement to all your units. And then uh, the second one is uh, Fecund Vigor, which adds one to the wound rolls of all attacks made by Nurgle units in the combat phase. So there are some really nice ones you're going to want to stick around and line up attacks with. Five is also really good. So. The Gnosis Revulsion reroll wound rolls of six of more attacks made yeah. by enemy models. Yeah. But the one that basically, like, uh, Nurgle doesn't have a whole lot of spells. Their spell options are a little bit more limited compared to the others. Um, I think they're like, there's two lures and you get three of each. And then, plus, the main theme across all of it is they don't have a whole lot of spell casters that can cast two. Yeah. That is correct. Your spells, though, are very potent. You have some of the best, even today, I would argue, some of the best spells in the game. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, I agree. A thing that. That, that you might want to think about that, because Dana's definitely correct, you have a hard time casting. If you have access to arcane terrain, like if it's, if it's somewhere near you, really consider your gameplay and how you might take advantage of that. But now that we've got that all of the way, Jeff, what'd you bring to the table, bud? Okay, well, um, I brought for starters, a battalion, uh, the Tally Band of Nurgle. Um, I wanted to build a one-drop list with this army um, because I very much want to try and get control of the board as quickly as possible. 
Um, and I want to uh, that and in, in taking control of the board is a big part of how um, Nurgle gets summoning points. And uh, my army, I want to summon as much as I can, and I want to cast spells and try and buff up my plague bearers to be as annoying as possible. Um, so I've got the Taliban of Nurgle, and that allows you to take a great unclean one if you want, which I did. And I gave him the bow, uh, the bow blade and the doomsday bell. Those are kind of casting buffs and support pieces, even though he is actually still going to play a combat role. Um, the, the knife, the bow blade, he can slash himself for a mortal, which he cannot like try to, you know, save. Um, he can slash himself for a for a mortal to get plus one to cast, which is very nice. Yeah, it's and a rare the, thing in Nurgle. Yeah, and the Doomsday Bell, um, it gives nearby Nurgle units a buff to their movement. Yep. So I'm gonna fly right up the board at you. The tree lets you run and charge. So if I want, you know, if the opportunity arrives, it's possible for me to try and get a turn one charge. Um, but that's not necessarily the point. I definitely want to drag this game out and try to last the whole time and be real cagey with how I commit my characters. But um, their spells actually are really quite good. There's One of them is really good, but it's kind of restrictive and it's hard to set yourself up to be able to do it. It's one that like you drop the hit, wound, and armor by one on an enemy unit but you can't move anymore. And if you move, it goes away. So you need to be able to set yourself up to where you're still in buff range, but then do your thing and screw with some unit. And then there's another spell that halves their move and run distance. And so with me, like, I really like that. I think it's going to be super strong. Um, I'm going to try and march up, take the board. Uh, I've got a unit of Nurgling, so at the end of my movement phase in the first turn, I can drop that unit on your half of the board in a piece of cover, and that will give me, on my next turns, my subsequent turns, plus three to my uh, summoning pool. So, I mean, I'm probably going to get, after turn one, I'm probably getting seven to ten summoning dice every turn, summoning points every turn. So, I mean, in a couple of turns, I could summon a great unclean one if I wanted and have him be a more melee-geared variant with the flail and the sword and be like, go get him, pal. And uh, so I, I think it's – I really like the summoning aspect of that, but uh, let me finish with what all's in the list. So I've got that guy, and I've got him with um, – the um, relic that every at the end of uh, the morale phase, any wounds that he's taken on a four plus, they come, they heal. I like that one a lot. Yeah, it's super good because he's going to be obviously pretty pivotal, so he's going to draw some attention. So being able to like out of sequence heal myself is going to be strong. And this this battalion, every unit heals a wound every turn, and plague bearer units restore D three models, not just. A, a guy or a wound d3 yeah. model so this this list hangs around and it's like if you don't kill me i'm gonna keep on coming back buddy it's really annoying and um 
let's see, I've got, I already mentioned the three Nurglings. I've got two units of three Plague Drones. Um, they actually have a, they can get some buffs to their volume of attacks, and the Great Unclean One's uh, command ability will give plus one attack. So, uh, and they have some speed, so I can maneuver around and try and, you know, use the Plague Bearers as a wall, and then have the flies right behind them, and then hop the line and go after something. Um, there's, there's uses for them. And, uh, I like the speed. It'll, it'll surprise people. Uh, and then I've got a, a pair of pox bringers. One of them has the wither stave and that messes with enemies within 12. Uh, I think it makes it bounce their sixes to hit. Yep. So I'm going to mess. Yeah. So I'm going to mess with your hitting even more. So at 30 men, these Plague Bearers are going to be minus two to hit with shooting and minus one to melee. And then sixes to hit, you have to reroll. So um, I'm going to just, this list is designed kind of in the Nurgle spirit to just be as durable and annoying as possible. They got a 5-5, five, five, so, you know, they're going to hang around. They can reroll their ones on their armor when there's a hero within seven, and it's not wholly within, it's just within. So it's pretty easy to get board control and not, you know, like by having a unit spread out really far. I mean, obviously you can be vulnerable to like end charges and stuff like that, but this list doesn't really kill a lot of stuff. It just kind of gets control of objectives and it's like, all right, well, push me off of it. It's kind of like my older version of my, um, of my Zinch list had the same kind of ethos, but this one, this one actually is a little more durable. It doesn't have as many guys, but it makes up for it with just being harder to harder to displace, harder to kill. Um, and then I've got the um, Spoilpox Scrivener, and he buffs Plague Bearers. Um, so in recap, that's uh, two Pox Bringers, and they they buffs they buff uh, everything Nurgle, I believe. Uh, and they are casters; they're single spell casters. I have the Spoilpox Scrivener who buffs. Uh, who bust plague bearers pretty much specifically, and then two units of thirty plague bearers, two units of three plague drones, um, three nerglings to go and you know take uh, the other side of the board because it's like your territory, their territory. So you put it over there for a plus three to your uh, summoning points, and then the great unclean one, and he's my general. Very nice. So a nice tidy list. Uh, it's going to try and you know at its peak, it's like doing. It's potential to do seven uh, plus D3 plus another D3, and then for every tree that's not within three, it's another D3. And so, if people are within three of your trees, there's a possibility that you're doing mortal wounds to them. So it's kind true. of a, yeah. so, a nice... Like, uh, summoning points. And also, I have a um, command ability that once my great and clean one gets into combat, for every unit within that I'm in combat with, within one, I believe it is, on a four plus, I do a mortal and get a summoning point. So, so this thing is just milling summoning points as much as possible. And I mean, if I can get somebody to go mess with nerglings to try and get rid of them to keep me from getting three summoning points, that in and of itself is a win. So, you know, no one's going to bother with them. Or if they are, they're, it's either going to be an extreme level of opportunity or they're, you know, they're fools. So, yeah. yeah one of the things to uh, know, too, is when you're looking through this book and you look at the low movement stats of all the Nurgles, 
Yeah, that's a trick. Not let you. Yeah, that's that's not the reality of the situation. And Jeff's list is taking a full advantage of all those movement busts. That can oh be yeah. This and thing they is are, way faster. They are fast. Than it's they're way faster. Yeah. Than it looks. They're I'm over, fast army. That's yeah, I'm on the line turn one. Like I'm on the halfway board. I'm coming for you, buddy. And I'm gonna march right up to the edge of that territory, and with any luck, keep you out of my area altogether. And uh, then that will like guarantee another bonus point to my uh, summoning. So if I can keep you out of my half of the board, I get an extra point in summoning. So. Yeah. And you got a lot of plague bears, which it's pretty easy to string them out and force things. Yep. You know, force your opponent to to stay out of your territory too. Uh, I think one of the the key points, if you're thinking about a list like that, is really understand what kind of zones your plague bears can control, because it'll be yep. super important to winning games. You really need to learn how to exert good board control. Like Jeff said, he's one drop, so he can get up the table fast which means he's yeah. going to get to establish position and limit where his opponent gets to go. Right. And I was thinking about Zinch when I came to that determination. For sure. It's like, I do not want to let them, like if I win the role to go to deploy my army first, I absolutely have to do it just so that I can make sure that Zinch doesn't just drop all over me and pin me in and then I'm screwed. Right. You know, cause I don't have the volume of attacks needed to down all those horrors. Yeah. You're not, you're not going through pinks at any, no, no, not enough. I mean, like, in the base hit values for the army are, like, fours for the most part. So right. once you start stacking negatives on there, I'm not going to do jack shit. So I really that's – that's one where I'm like, okay, I got to try and get to these objectives before him. So the only way I could see this being even remotely viable was to, to go – to have a one-drop list and, you know, take my chances. And, you know, th what's good is that Nurgle can generate – a lot of mortal wounds so yeah uh i will uh i will segue into uh killing hordes with uh dayton's list which i've been previewed to uh i think of i think if any of us have written a list that can go through a horde of models probably uh probably dayton's list so yeah it's disgusting uh to feel the theme as i do with any chaos list i really like to go mortals and nurgle actually has like a really competitive eh, fairly competitive mortal list and that is relying heavily on the Putrid Blight Kings. So I'm rolling a list, and I have three leaders. I got the Harbinger of Decay, I got the Lord of Blights, and I got the Sorcerer. Now, for battle line, I've chosen 20 Putrid Blight Kings, a unit of 15 Putrid Blight Kings, a unit of five Putrid Blight Kings, and a unit of five Putrid Blight Kings. And then I went with the Blight Cyst as their battalion. Ridiculous. <laughs> so you need four because that bumps you up into um, uh, help me out here. I don't, I don't know what you need help with on this one. <laughs> it's the automatic, uh, like the big trifecta, the blessed sons. Oh yeah. So it's just an automatic if you meet the requirements for it. And what the blessed son does is it allows you, if you, as long as you have seven or more models in your unit, you don't take battle shock. And then you reroll save rolls of one for all your models in the battalion. And to go back to the Blight Cyst, it's, uh, what it does is it allows you to have a Ren characteristic of minus one to all your putrid Blight Kings. And in a combat phase of an enemy unit, does not they don't receive benefit of the cover for any of their attacks. So with the minus one and not benefiting from cover, you 
essentially getting minus two for a lot of the stuff. And the endless bounty is kind of like a little kicker. You can start throwing out a little bit of ranged attacks with all your future Blight Kings. But the biggest thing about it is it's you're going to be rolling forward. One of the things to know about this uh, this Nurgle Mega Game book is it's an older book. So a lot of the terminology present in the newer books isn't present in this one. So Holy Within isn't really something that's found within this book. Thank God. Yeah, so you can really string out your units because a lot yeah. of the buffs are just a unit within. So that kind of helps you out. Uh, obviously, the negative thing is the fact that they don't have any bonuses for picking an allegiance or sub-faction within the book itself, but obviously you go with that. Uh, so the Lord of... I got the Harbinger of Decay is going to be your general. And I've given him the Godfather's Blessing. That's uh, the once per battle. You can just cycle the uh, corruption one stage forward or one stage back. So on the turn that you really need something or double up on it for two turns, like the re-rolling wound rolls, you can go with that. It's That cycle of corruption is really good and being able to manipulate it is pretty key for Mm -hmm. choosing which turns you want to engage the enemy on. So, and then the, the Lord of Blights, who's going to be backing up everyone, hopefully getting get into combat. The funny thing about Nurgle, they got some really good artifacts, actually. They do. And I wanted to stick with artifacts within the Battle Tome just because I still believe that the General's Handbook is going to come out and say you can't use Realm artifacts anymore. So I give the Lord of the Blights the Rust Fang. And the Rust Fang is, at the start of the combat, pick one enemy unit within three inches of the bear and subtract one from their save rolls for the rest of the battle. <laughs> and then tying that in with the minus one rend. So basically, Blight Award, or uh, future Blight Kings don't have any rend to their attacks normally. They get a lot of attacks because every six that they manage to get on their hits, they roll a d6 and that's how many hits that six is, six is worth. So they can explode. Like, just disgusting amount of hits and they're threes and threes so they wound really well as well let me Thanks, interrupt really, let me interrupt really quickly here um if you're listening to this you need to be aware that there's an faq that says that it's an unmodified six plus that's really important because for quite a while the blight king ability basically got turned off because of the amount of negatives to hit that could happen but be aware that there is an faq now that says unmodified six to hit which means that you're exploding sixes work which is part of what makes blight kings it really catapulted them back into a more viable position. So Yeah, especially when you're playing against someone like uh, Gloomspike Gits. Yeah, there's a <laughs> lot of negatives out there just in various yeah. armies. Someone who does not want to suffer a lot of hits on their mobs. Yeah. Um, so you're essentially, for the unit that wants to be focused down, you're giving them like a minus two to their save roll due to the rend and then that thrust fang. And then the sorcerer, I've given the uh, the mutter grub artifact and that all allows them to do is cast an additional spell because so you only get two spells for this whole game but i've given him the uh, gift of contagion i felt was the probably one of the better choices and that is it only goes off on a six so it's easy for them to get off you just pick a unit within 18 inches and you roll a die uh one to two subtract one from the unit's hit rolls uh, one three to four subtract one to the unit's rune rolls and a five to six subtract one to the unit's save rolls so if you get that five and six on a unit, you're now looking at minus three red. So you're looking at a lot of attacks, a lot of minuses or saves, 
to hopefully give those Vikings what they need to punch through. Yeah, the the one thing I'll say about that list is I like it a lot. It's very command point hungry because you have two abilities that you really want to use on a fairly regular basis. Uh, the Lord of Blights command ability, uh, Plague of Flies, is obviously fantastic. Uh, pick a unit within 21 inches until your next hero phase. Subtract one to hit. If there are 20 or more models, subtract. It's just a, basically become the Plague Bearers. They subtract two to hit from uh, shooting and one in combat. Uh, and then you also have uh, the Harbinger. The Harbinger, who has uh, basically gives them a five plus feel no pain uh, as well. To all uh, units within seven inches. Yep. It's a five up. So, so one of the biggest things, like the demons inherently always come with the five up feel no pain. The mortals don't get that. And right. that's one of the big reasons why you bring that Harbinger of Decay is he gives everyone within seven inches that five up feel no pain. Yep. Also, don't forget that your Lord of Blights will give your big 20-man unit that he's probably hanging out near a shooting attack. Yep. Uh, they all get to throw with his uh, worst version of his uh, Munificent Bounty's Death Head. So. Well, that's the Blight Cyst allows all units that are close to him to do right. that shooting attack. Yep. So they do get a little bit of range out of their output. But you're going to be leading uh, a unit of five. That's why I went with the two units of fives. They're going to be your essentially objective covering because this... Biggest complaint about this list is the amount of units present on the field is pretty limited. You're going to have two big blobs that are going to be pushing forward, but you still want board control. You still want to hang on to objectives. So you're going to leave those little five mans and future blight Kings are, they got to commit because they got four wounds apiece. They're four up save. They're re-rolling their ones due to the, the battalion that they're part of. Like they, they're, they're tough to, Dislodge for sure. Right. And if you can plant them in cover, you go to a three plus. So, yeah. Pretty so, yeah. annoying. That's my, uh, that's my mortalist. It's, I mean, you're buying a lot of future Black Kings. It's a really cool model kit, though. <laughs> yeah. The they're, they're I awesome. big fat guys. Uh, the biggest thing I could, I've, I painted five myself for uh, Silver Tower. Or, yeah, I played with a bunch of friends. And the more you inks and stuff like that you put on them, the better they look. Yeah, Nurgle's a very wash-friendly army for certain. Uh, yeah, for sure. All right, Price, take us home, man. All right, so let's go into my list. A little bit different than uh, the other two, though. has some similarities with uh, Jeff's list. I, first and foremost, am taking a, uh, a battalion or a sub-faction out of the newest uh the wrath of the ever chosen i apologize that we were talking about so i'm using uh the munificent wanders to go over what they do really quickly because it's pretty important so the primary ability is locus of corrosion when the enemy units within three inches of any friendly wanderers demon unit worsen the ren characteristic of that unit's melee weapons by one so you're just subtracting one from everybody's melee weapons when they try and fight your demons very very helpful to keeping plague bearers alive they have a great command ability. Uh, you can use this it's pretty standard stuff, only within 14 inches. What you do is until the start of your next hero phase, if an enemy unit ends a charge unit within three inches of that unit, the enemy unit suffers D3 mortal wounds. You can't stack it, so it's not like you can pump it up and make them do 12 D3 mortal wounds or something crazy like that, but a nice little bonus. Their command trait is great because it's always on. So if the unmodified hit roll for an attack made within with a melee weapon that targets a friendly demon's unit wholly within 12 inches of the general is a six, 
the attacking unit suffers one mortal wound after all of its attacks have been resolved. So basically, if there's a unit of plague bearers and they're wholly within 12 inches of, say, one of your great unclean ones uh, that's your general, and your opponent rolls a, for every six to hit that they roll unmodified, they're going to take one mortal wound back. Very powerful ability as far as reflective and reactive damage. The artifact of power is probably the most meh part of this, but it's still pretty good. Um, you're going to add one to hit rolls with attacks made for that the bear's melee weapons if they target a hero. Not amazing, but not the worst mandatory artifact that's ever been forced on somebody. My list is running the Thricefold Befoulement, which is a battalion that's in the Maggotkin of Nurgle book. What it does, it requires three great unclean ones, so it's a big chunk of your army. Uh, but it has a really cool ability and it's going to have a really nasty interaction with uh, spell portals that we're going to get to in just a second. So what it does is first you get to reroll hit rolls of one for models with this battalion while they're within 14 inches of another model. Uh, in addition, reroll wound rolls if you're within two models. So basically if you have your trio together, you get to reroll ones to hit into wound. And then they have the Plague Storm of Nurgle. If a model from this battalion successfully casts the Plague Wind spell and is within seven inches of another model, you increase the damage from D3 to 2D3. And if you're within range of, the, of both models when you cast it, you increase it to 3D3. So this list has Rodigus, uh, two great unclean ones, two units of 30 Plague Bearers, one unit and one unit of 10 Plague Bearers. I also have the Soul Scream Bridge and the Spell Portals. Now, what this list does, its whole trick, and I'm going to be honest with you guys as you listen to this, this is a three and two list right now because of the way casting works in the meta. It's tough to make this list work past some of the really high-powered casting, but when it does work, it's awesome. So what you do is you're going to cast your spell portal, and I, I'm taking the casting buff uh, that uh, Jeff talked about on one of my Plague Bear, or on one of my Great Unclean ones as well, the Sacrificial Dagger. There is yeah. an artifact, if you guys aren't aware, that can give you an additional plus one to cast. Which yeah, I put yeah. on the same uh, the same caster, so I'm getting plus two when he's casting his spells. So he's going to set up the spell portal, and then what happens is when you cast Plague Wind through the spell portal, you start your line from the maximum range out of the spell portal, and then you draw the line back to the caster. So what that means is that you're going to draw a line that's probably about 36 inches long, depending on your exact placement, and every unit underneath it's going to suffer 3d3 mortal wounds. Uh, that means that if you can line up several heroes, for example, yes. uh, underneath that, you can do an unbelievable amount of uh, mortal wound damage to them. Yeah. A, Let's a, talk about math averages. The average on 3D3 is 6. Yep. The average wound count on support heroes is 5. Yep. So, you so that's a bunch will, of dead guys. <laughs> yep. You will polex support heroes very effectively. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's a very cool trick. It takes a little bit of time to set up, but you can do a lot of really neat stuff with it. And then the rest of the list is basically just taking advantage of the same kind of thing that Jeff was doing, where I have plague bearers who, if they get hit, uh, sixes do mortal wounds back. If you charge them, you take mortal wounds. Basically, my plague bears are there to keep you off of my great unclean ones who pump out the damage. So that's their primary ability. Uh, is I'm trying to put out a lot of magic damage and then grind you down with the Plague Bearers. Um, the ten are there basically as a screen or to go sit on an objective and to fill out your minimum battle line. Um, the one thing this army is going to struggle with is if there is a game where objectives are very spread apart 
can be pretty challenging to get to them. But I think the games that you play with this, where you're not playing somebody who just absolutely dominates you in the magic phase, you can have a lot of fun and you can punish and snipe off support heroes really quickly. And there's a lot of armies that if their support heroes go down, they crumble. Oh, and if yeah. you can the crumble, yeah, if you can crumble uh, the support cast for a lot of armies, this army will roll quickly. Because once the support characters are done, what you do is you just take the great unclean ones and just roll in and use them to smash dudes up. Because yeah. one of them is running the full combat setup, so he's got the flail and the the great sword. Um, very good at going through and and getting into combat. Uh, I also have Rodigus, who has a really cool spell. Uh, plus, he has some additional mortal wound generation. Um, but Rodigus' spell is a casting value of a seven, so relatively difficult. Uh, but there's a chart that you roll. <clears throat> Excuse me. There's a chart on his wound allocated chart that you roll on. And when you do, you roll seven dice. And for each roll that equals or beats the deluge, you can pick an enemy unit that's visible to the caster. That unit suffers D3 mortal wounds. So what you can do, the first chart is four plus. So reasonably, if you cast that spell, you're going to pick three or four units and do an additional D3 mortal wounds to them. The very like characters. <laughs> exactly, right. You're just, you're, this whole, the whole goal of this army is kill the support characters and then win the game. If yeah. you can do that, this list has got some real legs to it. Yeah. I've actually faced this list before at NashCon, in fact. It was a yeah. tough game. So, uh, and it's a really cool list because you can play with three great unclean ones. So, yeah, the great yeah. unclean ones are amazing models. Great models, big fatties, fun to put together, fun to paint. So, and they yeah. all look different. Right. All three, all three are going to have a different, unique build, so it's not going to be the same stuff over and over. Yep. So uh, that's it's cool. That's my list. I think uh, I think that's a, a really fun one. I think, you know, as far as the ones we presented, we've given you guys three very distinct options. Jeff and I kind of both landed in the more towards the demon side, but not so similar that there's not some room to play around with all of them. Yeah. Uh, I, I will say to our listeners, if you decide to get into Magikin of Nurgle, it's an older book. It can be a little bit tougher, but it's really rewarding to play because it has a lot of cool abilities and it will surprise opponents who think that, who say, oh, it's an older book, so I'm not particularly worried about it. Uh, so if you dive yeah, into it it's... and you spend some time with it, you can really surprise people. And they got I mean, amazing, get, amazing model range. I can get a ton of attacks on those, on those plague bearers pretty reasonably easily. So. Yep. And the model line. As I was saying when Jeff overtalked me, Sorry. <laughs> it looks really good, especially like those ones riding the, uh, like the Glock King and stuff. Or yeah, still potentially you could throw him in a list. Uh, the guy who was the best Nurgle player, the best Maggotkin player last year in the ITC, and had a almost made top eight with Maggotkin at LVO, ran the Glockkin in his list. Uh, he ran a heavy, like a Blades of Putrefaction uh, Marauder style build. Uh, yeah. I apologize. I cannot think of his name. If you go to um, Best Coast Pairing, Best Coast Pairings, it's there. Uh, you can get a hold of him. He's a really responsive dude. Uh, he's on several different forums as well. Uh, a fun guy to talk Nurgle with. Uh, I apologize if you ever happen to listen to this podcast, fella, that I don't remember your name. So. That's another appeal to uh, Megakin and Nurgle, too, is you don't see them out very much. So you will be a minority. For sure. You're a unique, yeah. unique, unique sunflower. Yeah, man. And Blades of Putrefaction, just FYI, is on a six to wound. It does a mortal in addition to uh, other damage. I really wanted that spell for my army. It would have been gross. With all those plague bearers rocking two to three attacks a pop, 
and wounding on sixes. Or no, it's a hit on a six. I'm sorry. It's a hit on a six. Something like that. It's one of the two. It is a rot bringer only spell. So that is exclusive to the Glotkin guys. Yep. So, um, which made me weep. Yeah, it's, it's a very, very good, uh, very good spell. Uh, just as a quick aside for those of you who might be interested in adding some Beast to Chaos, if you decided to take, say, a Glotkin with that ability, it's really good on Centaurs or uh, what's hell are they called? Uh, Centagors. Um, to cast that on them as an early, fast Mortal Wound Bomb, just as something that you might be interested in trying out. Sweet. Wow, that's, that's a sweet list. I mean, not any three of us don't actually play Mega Ken. So we're not probably not playing Mega Ken, I assume. But uh, they are really, they're cool. Any Chaos, honest to God, is really cool for this making. They got some really nice models. They do have options. Megakin, like I said, mentioned before, they're a minority. You don't see them very often, so you get that heads up, too. If you want to be the best in the field, you're not competing against many people. Um, the models are still, to this day, one of the sexiest ones they've come up with for Age of Sigmar. And there's some options, as you present, or, uh, heard from the three of us. But, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's good to get back and play Age of Sigmar or at least talk Age of Sigmar with the three of you guys. Hopefully, we're getting back into tournaments here soon. But uh, I believe Price and I are going to go play some World of Warcraft together with the rest oh. of the guys. De- depending on what my – if I have to uninstall. But possibly. Yeah. Jeff's going to go cook some eggs off the block of his uh, engine. Off his <laughs> yeah. engine block there. Yeah, get some hobo cookies going. <laughs> I'm on my dashboard. The soup kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm going to be committed and stay tr- faithful to AOS and not go turn into a WoW guy like you bunch of losers. Hey, you're, as soon as 9th edition 40k comes out, we're going to lose Jeff for a little bit. <laughs> I can, I'm a multitasker. I can do both. <laughs> no, that, the, that's a skill you have to have. So that's it. We're a little bit short of an episode, um, but that's fine because our last episode was so long. So we're, we're paying you back some of the uh, excess time <laughs> yeah. you guys gave us last week. So hopefully everyone's doing really well. Uh, keep your spirits high. If anything that's going on in the world, it's change. It's for the better. And uh, uh, sorry, yeah, Price. Yeah, I was just gonna say uh, one thing that if you guys who are listening particularly have something we've been doing the army list show, which I think is a lot of fun. We've got people who are interested in the various builds that we're doing, but one of the things that I'd, I'd love to know from some of you guys, hit me up on Twitter, the price is Vandenberg or our Facebook page. If there's anything else you're interested in us discussing, like missions, artifacts, uh, relics, um, maybe even like, I, I don't want to venture into tiering armies because it's the most controversial episode that you can possibly do. Uh, but it would be great to get a uh, listen so that people can get really mad at us. But if you're listening, especially if you're fairly new to AOS or you're not as familiar with the competitive scene, I'd, we'd love to also discuss some of the other things you may have questions about uh, positioning, things like that. Sometimes it can be hard to talk about uh, or hard to vocalize without being able to see things. But yeah. if you're listening and there's something that you're interested in learning a little bit more about, you know, we want our podcast to be a thing that helps people grow in their Age of Sigmar hobby. Uh, so please feel free to shoot us questions and ask us stuff so that we can come up with new things to talk to you guys about. So you can read Price Vandenberg on his Twitter or we have a party at the All Points Twitter as well, yep. which is linked to me. So we'll get back to you as well. And you can also message me on Facebook. 
I'm very responsive. And we have our Facebook page as well. Where we're really bad at responding to inboxes, turns out. That's we're still learning that. <laughs> it's always tough with group pages, man. I'm, I managed one for Games Workshop for forever when I was at the bunker, and it was always tough. So we'll get better at it. But yeah, just if, if you guys have something else you want us to, to chat about or something else you're curious about, just let us know. We'd be happy to talk about it. So, always Probably, so in the meantime, uh, if there's another list you want to have a look at, let us know that too. So, oh, we got lots of lists to go through. Oh, yeah. Love tur- lists. Tournaments are starting soon. At least in Canada, because we're down to like 40 cases, if that. Uh, also, uh, shout out to Travi Trevito, Ernest Shirley, and Austin Casey, Thompson, and Breck, because uh, I think all of them listen to the show now, uh, who are our guys at the local shop. We appreciate it. Thank you, guys. And everybody else listens, too. Please don't. Yes, all you other fine people out there. All and don't fans. forget to uh, go in the contest to win that uh, Corvus Cabal Painted Army. Yeah, they look beautiful, man. And if you play Chaos, you can just, you know, roll them into an existing Chaos army. It wouldn't be hard. And shit, I can paint. So win that shit. But uh, this is Dave Nobry. Signing off a party of the other points. Always glad to talk Age of Sigmar with you people. And uh, like I said, keep your spirits high. We'll get through this. 2020 has just been a trial for everyone, no matter what. Jeff? All right, guys. Take care. Yep. Uh, Have a good evening, guys. As usual, we really appreciate you listening. Be safe, and we'll see you next time we record. Adios. Nice.